This is Brother Frank, and glad to be here with you tonight. And um, I want to share something that I heard today that kind of, it just broke me and brought me down to tears. And it was a warning. Um, Some of you may have heard it before. It was from Brother David Wilkerson. It's kind of a uh, put-together compilation of a few different things. And um, I tell you, I I dearly miss that man. Uh, Very, very few preachers. I don't even know if there's hardly even any alive today that could preach with that much um, power that would push a a message so deep in the soul that no matter where you were at, it just bring you to tears. And um, the power of a broken spirit uh, coupled with an anointing from from God upon a man's lips to bless the Most High is something that you can't mimic, you can't fake, you can't generate on your own, you can't claim that you have. A person that's in the presence will understand it. And Brother David Wilkerson um, definitely had that gift. And right now, everything's going, you know, crazy in this world. And, you know, I'm running a business and, and, um, you know, knowing that at any moment, this thing could turn. Um, But the truth is, I'm not taking anything with me and understanding the hour that we're in has to produce something in us. I am concerned. Many people love to go to churches because they like to hear messages that satisfy their itching ears. The people in Joel Osteen's church are getting exactly what they deserve because they desire to hear his messages, okay? They're not poor people. Um, It is what they want to hear. But I'm afraid that those in the end time community, many, maybe even you that are listening right now, you like hearing the messages. It satisfies the ear for a moment, but doesn't produce anything in the way of brokenness towards God. Now, if you've never experienced brokenness with God, then I doubt you've ever experienced the Lord. Because the closer you get to the Father, He will begin to reveal His heart to you. And when He reveals His heart, He will break. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, as this message comes forth, may you bless it by your spirit. I pray in Yeshua's name. Amen. The reason I bring this up is because I'm concerned that so many are awake, but nothing is changing. Actually, I I should rephrase that. Things are changing, but not towards brokenness and holiness. You see, it is not, it's not worth two nickels to understand the hour we're in. If there is nothing coupled with that, that drives you to your knees in this hour. Ezekiel chapter nine is one of the most difficult 
if not arguably the one of the strongest words in the entire Bible. And I want to share it with you for just a second and listen to what the very word of God says. Starting in verse three, Ezekiel chapter nine, and the glory of the God of Israel was gone up from the cherub whereupon he was to the threshold of the house. And he called to the man clothed with linen, which had the writer's inkhorn by his side. And the Lord said unto him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. And to the others, he said in mine hearing, go ye after him through the city and smite. Let not your eyes spare, neither have ye pity. Slay utterly old and young, both maids and little children and women, but come not near any man upon whom is the mark and begin at my sanctuary. And so the Lord is saying here, I want you to go find to his angels. I want you to go find those who sigh and cry, those who are broken in this hour for the things that are going on wrong in Jerusalem and today, I believe. Those who share the very heart of God, who understand the hour that we're in and the brokenness that comes with it, that brings us to our very knees because we see not only the reality of the world, but the reality of our own sin and our own offense towards God. And when we see that we were utterly broken and God says, Mark those people, because I believe those are the ones that share the very heart of God. And he says, destroy everyone else. You see, this isn't God being angry. This isn't God being mean. This is God simply saying that these are those who follow me and the rest do not. Because if you want to follow the Lord, listen to me right now. If you want to follow the Lord, you will break. You will be broken. Because when you share the very heart of God, it will break you. It, it broke the Lord. His own son came down and laid up his life for us. He wept tears of blood. He sighed and he cried at the things that were going in this world. And he suffered a punishment worse than anyone in the world had ever suffered. According to Isaiah 52, so bad that it changed the physical appearance of Jesus. It said his visage was so marred worse than any man. Simply saying Jesus took the worst beating ever. He was broken. You and me. And I want to share with you tonight a word from Brother Wilkerson. I'm going to play it here. I tell you, when I heard it today, it it reminded me of all those times of listening to Brother David's messages and, and crying. And I would be mowing my grass and weeping because I was trying to hear this sermon and trying to mow the lawn at the same time. And I would just break. And and as I remembered this and I heard the passion from his heart, it reminded me today of this warning that Brother Wilkinson was trying to share with us, those who are living in the last days, and I don't want you to miss it. Listen as I play this right now. Now, folks, listen to me, please. I told you that 
being prepared is no joking matter. I'm going to ask, I, I, I'm not trying to be facetious, I'm asking you to, to hear this pastor like you've never heard any preacher in your life now. Because many of your souls depend on it right now. Folks, it's time to take the word of God seriously. God means what he says. But I honestly believe that God looks down on a church that's fast asleep. He's looking down right now at a church that is unconcerned about his soon coming. The church no longer is intimate with Christ, no longer dependent wholly on God, dependent on the Holy Spirit, but running around with schemes and plans and dreams and networking and strategizing and committee meetings, trying in the flesh and sweat, trying to make it rather than depend on God, Almighty God. The church doesn't need anything else but God Almighty on his throne. And now, for the sake of unity, compromise, in comes the gospel of prosperity and the good life. I have to stay on my knees like I did this past week, get low with God and just walk and cry and scream. Oh God, break my heart. Don't let me get addicted to the easy life. The desire for things. That's why the Lord says, don't set your heart on the things of this world. But set your heart on me, Jesus said. I will be your life. And there's a thought that says, oh Lord, one of these days, this is all going to burn. This is not my life here, Lord. Thank you for this piece of furniture. Thank you for my car. Thank you for the finances you're supplying. But oh God, it's all going up in smoke very soon, Lord. You're my life. When you have time for friends, for family, for relatives, you have no time to dig into the Word of God. You have no time to pray and seek the face of God. And you tell me Christ is your life? But multitudes today are being saturated with your okay messages. How to make Him everything in your life so that you don't need the applause of man. You don't need to produce something. You don't have to write something. You don't have to do something. But you lean on Him, and the greatest thing that you're getting from God is revelation of who Christ is. I don't care if anyone ever hears my name again. I don't care if I ever speak to another conference. I've made up my mind with God if the rest of my life were spent nursing Gwen. I would enjoy and rejoice in the Lord. If that were my calling, that's what I would do. You see, God goes through the land. He searches every church in the nation. He searches every pastor's study. He goes through every church looking for seekers. He's looking for those who are into the Word of God, who have taken time. If we are not seeking His face, we are in no position to receive His blessings. In the United States, we're getting letters now from pastors' wives who said, I've been trying to find out why my husband has changed. He doesn't love me anymore. He's empty in the pulpit. He has no anointing. What's happened to him? And they find out. They open the door and they see their husbands watching filthy pornography. I don't want my eyes polluted. I don't want to be a part of this. I don't care who doesn't pray. I'm going to pray. I don't care who doesn't read the Bible. I'm going to read my Bible. I want nothing to do with it. And I cry, oh God, where are the voices? Where are the people that cry out against them? Where are the praying people? 
And I say, God, whatever it takes, whatever it takes, keep me on my knees. And I was in anguish. I was in anguish four blocks from here on Broadway, weeping and crying and wailing. I wasn't looking for a ministry. I wasn't looking to build a church. I was feeling God's pain for a lost city. He's going to show you the condition of his church. He's going to show you the condition of your own heart. And he's going to ask you a question. What is it to you? How can you tell me that you love him and you're ready to go and you neglect him day after day after day? Don't tell me you're going. You're not going. You're going to be left behind. God's promised if you will wage war against every sin, every desire that's contrary to Christ, I'll be with you, I'll go before you. But folks, the man who really wins the battle, the man who's ready to face anything that the devil throws out of hell, is the man or woman that's been studying God when there's no crisis, when everything is well, when there seems to be blessing and prosperity. That man is diligent before God and seeks his face. A praying man is as bold as a lion. There's no demon, there's no devil in hell that'll scare him. What God desires more than anything, and I think what blesses the heart of God in heaven, is that those in their good times when all is well, they're not parked in front of a television set watching some filth. They're not foolishly laughing at some program. They are taking special loving time alone with God. They're praying for their families, building up faith for the hour of tribulation. They're seeking the face of God. And your family is in trouble. If you're not a praying man, no amount of preaching, no amount of teaching, no amount of counseling, nothing going to get through to you, nothing going to do the job until you yourself get on your face before God and lay hold of heaven. Keep us on our face. God, keep me broken. God, keep this church broken. God, don't let us sit back on a crest of blessing and get lazy and see disorder come again to this house. We don't just want crowds. We want your glory in this house, oh God. We want your glory in your power. I tremble at your word. Let us tremble this morning that it's possible for godly men and godly women who once prayed, who once had such an anointing to finally lose it this day of temptation when all hell is breaking loose. God, help us determine I will seek God. I will seek God with all my heart and all my soul and all my strength and all that's in me. That we must not forget, never forget, God's grief against sin in His house and in our own lives. We'll preach grace, we'll preach mercy. But folks, I want you to know something. God says the day of grace is about to end. The day of grace is coming to an end. Beloved, the Lord loves His church. He loves His people with an undying love. But we are so bent on going our own way. We're so bent on drifting. We're so bent on, on, on giving up that burden of the Lord. 
That's why God has to keep building a fire under us. I know He has to do that in me. He has to do that in me every, every day. He has to keep stirring my heart. God says, I'm moving. I'm going to do what I promised to do in the last days. Hallelujah. Through the pouring out of the Holy Ghost. God is going to sanctify His church. He's going to sanctify His pulpit. Folks, God has a plan He's working on. You can't see it. I'll tell you, if you knew what God had in store for you, if you seek Him, you'd be so rejoicing you couldn't contain yourself right now. But that's not going to happen if I don't seek Him. I can abort that whole plan and end up in disaster and ruin. Right now, you set your heart. Here's your prophetic word from heaven. If you seek me, you'll find me. I can't help believing in closing that there's going to be a victory march in glory. I'm so glad I'm saved. I love you, Jesus. Wow, that's so heavy. And God is warning us, folks, listen to me closely right now. God is warning us of the sin of this hour and the dangers that are going on when we simply know the hour but do nothing about it. We know those that are in the world and those that are just playing church. You know what? Right now, that's not my concern. The second right now, I'm concerned about those listening to this program right now. You know, in Jeremiah 17, 1, the Bible says this, the sin of Judah is written with a pin of iron and the point of a diamond. It's graven upon the tablets of their heart and upon the horns of the altar. The sin of Judah was so bad and so de- steeped in idolatry that, that God said it, it is written in stone with an iron pen and the point, the tip is with a diamond on it. This is a permanent marker that is being used to write their sin that they have done to offend the Lord. And I believe God looks down and says in this hour, the very same thing is happening to us right now. The idolatry is thicker than ever in the very camp of God for those who claim the name of Jesus in this hour, especially here in the United States and in Europe. And you look at all this and you say, God, how is it possible? How can we change that's so permanent that the Lord is talking about that's unchangeable? That that is this a different God that we're serving? Is this the God of the Old Testament versus the God of the New Testament? And folks, I'm here to tell you that it's the same God that we're serving today. And God is looking down at our stony hearts and the sin that has been written there. And listen to what he says in Jeremiah 31. God, knowing that he had just said this in Jeremiah 17, of how bad off Judah was and how permanently stained the sin was on their heart. He says this, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. 
God is talking about this new covenant that he has, that he is now going to attack the very problem that is plaguing us in this hour and in Judah's day, back in that day and God's people. And that is the very heart of the people. And God says, I'm going to do something one day that's going to totally change it. I am going to change the very heart and I'm going to write my laws inside your heart. God's God's trying to say is I'm going to make the ways of following God not a burden, but something that is pleasurable and naturally with inside your heart. But then in Ezekiel, God takes it further. God, knowing that the pen of iron is a death sentence, listen to what he says to the people. He says this, then in starting Ezekiel chapter 36, starting in 25, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and you shall be clean from all your filthiness and from all your idols will I cleanse you and a new heart will I give you and a new spirit will I put within you and I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and to keep my judgments and do them. God is saying, listen, I it's been written on a pen of iron, brother and sister. The things we have done, they were wrong. They were bad. And God's saying, it doesn't matter. I am going to take that stony heart away and give you a heart of flesh. You see, God is desiring to change the heart. It's been written there, but you know what God's going to do? He's going to destroy it. He's going to break it apart. And to a broken man, that is to whom he looks for the broken heart, a broken spirit and a contrite heart, right? Unto that man that the Lord will look. God is saying that I am going to change your heart. Folks, listen, we are living in an hour that we have to make changes. And I'm not talking about the kind of changes of where you attend to the church or what programs you listen to or what you do. I, you know what? That may need to happen. I'm talking about something right now that's way more important. What I'm talking about is changing the way that you are seeking your God in this hour. I would wish that you would never listen to another remnant call episode and study your word, the word of God and seek the Bible than to continue to listen to this show every week. Folks, I'm telling you, it is so much more important and so much more amazing that if you spend your time with God in this hour, nothing in this world is worth it. I run a business right now that I am not planning on taking any of it with me. I am fully expecting it to burn or something to happen or the Lord change it because I know that the Lord has called me to ministry and I don't know what the future is. I know one thing though. I want to follow the Lord wherever he takes me and it doesn't matter because the truth is there's nothing else in this world worth it except for the Lord. Folks, time is so short. Let go of that which so easily besets. Don't just listen to end time messages if we're not going to do anything about it. Seek the Lord. Share with him your struggle. Tell him if you're having trouble seeking his face. He's okay. He can handle. He's got big shoulders. The Lord can handle the truth. And let him change your heart. Folks, I hope 
this message tonight by the Spirit of the living God will penetrate to your very soul. This is Brother Frank on the Remnant Call saying, Good night and shalom. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.